everybody. Welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. Today is Friday, August 7th, 2020. And I'm your host, Detroit Sports Editor Nolan Bianchi, here today, as always, with my friend, longtime Red Wings fan, Ethan Smith. What's going on? Thanks for having me once again, Nolan. Yeah, once again, once again. You're on every day. It's a Locked On Red Wings podcast. It's your team every right. day. Uh, today, we've got a very special guest for you guys. He is UFC lightweight and Richmond, Michigan native, Justin Janes. He'll be fighting Gavin Tucker tomorrow night, Saturday on ESPN at UFC Fight Night 174. Justin, we're so excited to have you. Welcome to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast, man. Hey, well, thanks for having me, man. I'm excited to be here, excited to chat it up, man. I appreciate you guys. Uh, so we talked a couple weeks ago after you made your UFC debut and and you walked me through all the trials and the tribulations that it took for you to get to that point. It took you 10 years, but you reached your dream and uh, you didn't really waste any time. You knocked out Frank Camacho in 41 seconds, the fastest, second fastest debut in UFC history. I'd imagine your life's changed pretty much since then. What's, uh, what's been going on with you? You know, it, it has, it's not much has changed, you know, from a day to day basis. I think the only, the biggest thing that's changed is just people want to talk to me, man. Everyone, I mean, I'm getting <laughs> thousands, you know, throughout the weeks, I've probably had over a thousand different people, you know, emailing me asking, you know, you know to be on their podcast or, or to talk or, you know, send autographs. And, you know, I, I don't see myself as this big celebrity by any means at all. I'm just a, just a Richmond guy trying to make chicken salad out of chicken shit. And I threw a lucky punch one lucky time and was in the right spot at the right time. Well, hopefully you, uh, you throw another one of those lucky punches tomorrow night when you face Gavin Tucker. Uh, but before we get into that, because I, I do want to talk about it. You know, we talked uh, a little bit earlier today. You told me that you grew up rooting for the Red Wings uh, kind of when they were in their heyday. You know, they won a bunch of Stanley Cups in a couple of years. Tell me about your Red Wings fandom from your uh, Man, childhood. But I, I was, you know, uh, in my early on, I was the biggest Steve Eiserman fan in uh, – Shanahan fan you know my I think my email at one at one point was Shan fan 101 like I was a diehard hard wings fan and uh you know I, I Chris Osgood back in the day man he, these these were my boys and you know I remember at a really early age I probably was well let me think in 2000 I'm trying to think what year they lost the avalanche in the playoffs and I remember crying in my bed I was so traumatized by it <laughs> and I was crying and then the next year got a little worse and the next year got a little worse and it kind of turned into like Lions football almost, you know, where I'm such a big Lions fan even now. And, but I just get disappointed each year. <laughs> I love that. Uh, I love that email address. My first email address ever was, uh, this is a Pistons related one, but it was Chauncey and one at yahoo.com. Yeah. Hell yeah. And <laughs> fan one at Hotmail, baby. <laughs> uh so what is your favorite red wings memory then uh, obviously you go through all this heartbreak and then there is some relief at the end of it unlike with the lions and uh even the tigers too you know besides all well to call it a single moment now when dominic hostick was the goaltender i just loved watching him in the net because he was he was always aggressive towards the puck like he would always come out of the net to play the puck mm -hmm. instead of sitting back and trying to play defensive and i remember Man, if I, I can't remember who it was against, but it's a very faint memory where he comes out and he and he's almost out, you know, a, a third of the way to the to the uh, out of the net, and he he dives for the puck, and the guy does a he hits oh, him. Oh, Gabrick, yeah. Do you remember that? That's oh, yeah. moment very specifically, and I always liked Dominic Hossi because of his aggression. Like I said, he never. I mean, I'm not saying he never, but he was always coming out of the net trying to make plays, trying to make the big saves, and you know, he led the wings to you know a Stanley Cup or two, and. Uh, 
you know, that if we're talking about any specific moment, I just remember him coming out of the net and diving for that puck, you know, almost, you know, four quarter, quarter ice and the guy doing a flip over him when he hit his legs. He was the best. Were you, so were you were, uh, you were an Osgood fan. There had a lot of goaltenders in that range. Do you, do you have a favorite? Was Ozzy your guy? Cause he, Ethan is a uh, diehard Ozzy guy through and through. This is a diehard Chris Osgood podcast. Well, half a die, diehard Chris. You know, Osgood I, podcast. I, I thought Chris was all right, but I, I, I got to stick with my man. Hasek. I love that. I love that. You don't hear enough of that, but because he was only here for such a short amount of time, I think, you know, fans are reluctant to kind of like, put him into that category of like their still a whole famer though center, but he was still a whole, and he was so entertaining like you said unfortunately not a great fighter the the one chance he had to uh kind of kind of go out and, and show off his fists he i remember he, he was skating down he skated the length of the ice against patrick waugh they were playing the avalanche oh yeah the avalanche, brawl yeah. breaking out and uh obviously vernon and waugh had already or vernon and uh osgood had already you know thrown with him but, uh, you know, Hasek decides that it's his turn. He skates all the way to the end of the ice, and then he finally gets to where uh, Waz creases, and he just slips and just kind of takes Waz's legs out from under him, and then it's, it's over from there. Now, keep in mind, guys, I'm trying to recall memories from 10 years ago, so if my memory isn't exactly right, uh, please, please uh, let me know. Well, you've said everything right so far. Yeah, you're okay. good. <laughs> I mean, just, just make yeah, man, it's like, fuck, I haven't even thought of or, or uh, heard Dominic Hossack's name in fucking 10 years. And <laughs> like that, because you say the first memory that comes to mind when I think of the Red Wings besides, I mean, we can go through all the Stanley Cups and so on and so forth. But, the, you know, the um, uh, what am I thinking? I, I can't even think right now. But when they play the Avalanche in the playoffs year after year after year, you know, that, that, uh, that rivalry, that's what I was looking for, the word rivalry was – it, probably the biggest memory, but him coming out of the net and taking out whoever's that was legs when he dove for the puck was, I thought was pretty awesome. Now in that uh, Red Wings avalanche rivalry was of course the fight night at the Joe. Do you remember that at all? When, when Darren McCarty got revenge on Claude Lemieux? Uh, is that, is that the big one where there's blood all over the ice? And, oh uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I recall that. And the referee was, they were trying to scrape it out with their, with their <laughs> skate. Yep. Yep. That was an awesome brawl. Uh, I love fights, man. And, and, and that was one of the reasons, you know, I liked hockey. It was for the fights, as with everybody, of course. Um, but, you know, when you take M- – when fighting, you know, hockey fighting and MMA, and they are not even close. You know, I actually – I'm actually getting my ass whipped here after this fight. Uh, a friend of mine in Michigan is named Shane Olson, and he's one of the best hockey players to come out of uh, our area. And, you know, we're drinking beer at a bar one night, and uh, we are talking about fighting, and I – I told him I'd fight him on skates. Mind you, Shane's, you know, 200 <laughs> pounds. You're very, very strong, very, very good, good. One of the, if not the best hockey player to come out of our area. And next day I woke up, I was like, oh, that's going to fucking suck. And I'm trying to like, well, maybe we can do a cage fight too afterwards so I can whoop your ass too. But I think I'm just going to stick my guns and take my ass whooping on the ice. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Uh, what is it? Here on point, right? Here on point up in Port Huron. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 The legendary barn up there. Roll up uh, there. We're gonna roll up there, and uh, I'm gonna get my ass whipped. Oh, I love that. Now, so we, you, sorry. Was Shanahan your favorite? Was Shanahan your favorite player in general? No, Steve Eisman was my favorite player. Hasek, uh I just the Shan fan 101. He was he, he was one of my favorite players, uh, but Steve Eisman was my favorite player. Uh, Shan just rhymes rhymes with fans, so I just made out for an easy. Year. I like that. I like that. You got to go with what works. 
Yes, uh, that's right. right. <laughs> so, did you obviously, you know, did you were you a big big into the hockey fights growing up? Did you love watching that? Like, oh yeah, I mean, I just love I loved watching the fights, and you know, I, I just I just as with any fan, you know, I was like, I don't I wouldn't know how, I don't know how to fight even now. I don't. I, if you put skates on me, I wouldn't know how to fight on skates. There's so much jockey and pulling around. This it's a totally different kind of fighting than I do. So, uh, yeah, it's just another art of form of, of respect, but I just love watching guys bare knuckle. You know, it's, it's like when people say I would, I personally, I'd almost rather watch a bar fight than an MMA fight because bar fight, I don't know. It's so much more entertaining and so much more group. <laughs> Everyone's throwing it out there for 30 seconds instead of, you know, someone like me, who's going to try to, you know, make it last if I need to for 15 minutes, right. you know, but they're so fast and explosive and, yeah, they're, they're pretty – and they're bare-knuckle, not to mention. So, yeah, uh, yeah, obstacles, too. There's a lot more obstacles in a, in a bar fight. Oh, yeah, and the, and the bar – yeah, same thing. Like, I, I'll be that guy in the corner always cheering for the bar fight. There's, it just, <laughs> I feel a bar fight and a hockey fight are a lot similar than a bar fight and MMA fight, believe it or not, um, just because, you know, people grabbing onto clothes and, you know, jockeying around. There's a little bit more of that, but um, – yeah, that's my thought on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you were going to be in a hockey fight, I mean, do, would you have a strategy? Would you try and maybe, you know, go for the collar? Or are you going to gonna try and just stand up and box? Or, or what, what's your move? You know, I, I don't think uh, standing up and boxing would, would be the move. I, I, uh, I, what I would think, and because what, I, what, what I'm about to say, I might be 100% wrong because I have no idea. Uh, but I think that I'd want to attach uh, to try to gain my balance. Now, with boxing is – your feet move a lot with your hands. So when I throw my left jab, my left foot goes out. And then when my left hand comes back, my left foot comes back. Obviously on skates, you can't, you can't do that. You gotta, you're more square and trying to keep your hips under you. So I think that I'd be looking to grab a collar, pull them tight and, and uh, dirty box and maybe put them up into the glass and lean on them a little bit and try and gain my balance and, you know, pick my shots. Well, there we go. There we go. Now you just mentioned the bare knuckle aspect. Does that hurt more throwing the punch or taking the punch? throwing for sure uh you know it's the, the the bones in your hand and your knuckles are so small and if you hit some if you hit someone in the face uh it's probably going to be okay but if you hit somebody on the top of the head the chance of you breaking your hand is better than not um i know this from experience i've broken between both my left hand and my right hand with gloves on with wraps uh i've broken i've probably broken them five times total uh and my last year was the worst and i had to get surgery last year what are your thoughts on the guys that do the bare knuckle FC then? Oh, I love it, man. And, and once I, I, I plan to go to do that because uh, the, now you keep in mind, you, if you look at, you know, boxers like Frazier or Tyson or even Tyson, though, although he's a brawler, he's a technical brawler. He's throwing his punches, you know, with intent and he has a game plan. These bare knuckle guys, man, I, I'm not saying they're not good boxers, but they are, they are because they are. But the difference is in bare knuckle compared to regular boxing is the fucking gloves. You can get hit a whole bunch with the gloves, but you could be whooping my ass and then you land one clean shot, bare knuckle, and you could throw it from no man's land, drop it down to your hip and wing it. and You're knocked out and you're not getting up. So uh, I like the bare knuckle because it's very fast paced. It's very gruesome. People are getting fucked up uh, when I do go to bare knuckle. Cause I do plan to do that uh, at the end of my career. It's going to be at the end of my career when I'm done because the scar tissue that you get from that and break, I'm going to, and it's, and you're just going right. to break your hand. Just yeah. inevitable. Don't want to, it's not like if I got cut from the UFC, I would jump right into it. Of course, I'd you know, when I decide to have some fun and just box, that's that's. My- yeah, have some fun. Exactly. <laughs> I love that. Now, what's it like getting? Or, okay, so what's the difference? And this is just out of genuine curiosity. What's the difference in getting punched in the face, bare knuckle, and with gloves? 
you know what? I haven't been punched in the face bare knuckle too many times. I mean, they both fucking suck. It depends on, you know, the glove, honestly. Like, a UFC glove, you have to understand, the glove isn't to – if me and you are boxing and I have MMA gloves on, UFC gloves on, this glove is not to protect you. This glove is to fuck you up. This glove is to prevent my hand from breaking uh, so I can compete. You know, I for, for one, so I can finish the fight. And for two, uh, so I can compete, you know, in, in a month or two, like I am right now. You know, like those shots that I landed on Frank, you know, especially the ones on like the back of his head and stuff. Uh, you know, if I didn't have a, a glove on, there's a good chance, you know, if you hit someone, you know, in the crown, the top or the back, it's solid skull, man. And even just tapping, like you, your, your hands are, are, are very fragile. And, uh, you know, the, the gloves, again, are, are to protect me, not you. So you're 16 and four. Right. All of your losses have been by decision. So you've never gotten knocked out. What's Correct. the worst punch you've ever taken? Oof, probably. There's a picture on my Instagram. If you guys want to pull it up, it's Jesse gross. Uh, I remember gassing out and he, and he faints a shot or he fainted. I don't remember. He fainted something. He got my hands low and he hit me with this overhand, right? And there's a picture of his fist right here in my jaw is aligned like this and he's just gritting it out. And I remember he eating that and be like, Oh, that fucking sucked. And uh, oh. from a punching standpoint, that, that, that was pretty bad. That, that was a pretty gnarly shot. Before we came on, we, uh, we, we were talking a little bit and you were, you were talking about your weight cut. You got 16 pounds to lose. We're recording this on Monday, uh, but you got 16 pounds to lose before your weigh in on Friday, the day that this will air. What's, what's the worst part about weight cutting? What do people not realize uh, about weight cutting? Because I, I think that's something that a casual fan who, who necessarily, you know, he's not interested in the fights Monday through Friday. He's always just, oh, yeah, I'll show up on Saturday and watch. But, sure. you know, what, what's the thing that people don't know about weight cutting? I'll tell you this. I like to think of myself as pretty determined. I think I have a good level of perseverance I'm very mentally strong, you know, as you know, as we talked about the last 15 years being broke and not knowing what I'm going to do and always figuring it out. Weight cutting will make a bitch of any person in the whole fucking world. I promise you that is the heart sitting in a song. Like, you, I mean, literally you're cooking yourself. You're like, like a lobster. You, how do you cook lobster? You throw them in fucking hot boiling water and they die. We are doing that just without dying. And so for instance, like, uh, like after I got off the tub or after I got off the phone with you, I'm going to go in the bathroom. I'm going to crank my bathtub up to 107 degrees and I'm going to sit in it as long as I can until I, I, I physically cannot take it. And when I can't take it, I have a heart rate monitor that to monitor my heart rate. Once I get above 180 beats a minute and I'm just sitting, mind you, um, then I got to get out and then I'll recover. And, uh, you know, you'll be hypotensive. Your blood pressure will be so low. You'll be lightheaded. It's just fucking trash. So then you sit out, you get out of the hot tub. Then when your body cools down, jump right back in. You just keep going back and forth at, two or three hours of getting in and out for 15 minutes at a time, you'll check your weight. And there's no worse feeling than when you get out and you still have more to go. And, uh, uh -huh. I almost break every fucking weight cut. Like I know guys that cry. Um, I know guy, I I've been to the point where I I'm not doing it anymore. I'm not doing it anymore. I was like, Justin, you only have a half more pound. I don't give a fuck. I'm not getting back in the tub. I'll do anything. I'm just not getting back in the tub. And it's, there's nothing in the world to me that's worse than a hot bath or a sauna for cutting weight. I cry over way, way, way less intensive things than that. So I can't even imagine that, frankly. Sure. <laughs> uh, but so, and I mean, 
this fight on Saturday night is your first real chance to kind of prepare for a fight in the UFC. What does it mean to you, I guess, just in general, to be able to uh, have this opportunity? Because, like I said, we, we touched on some of the things you went through. You were broke. You had three cars stolen from you. Uh, you know, just, just to look back over a month ago and to see where you are now, I mean, what, that's got to be crazy. Dude, it's, it's – I'm living the life I always dreamed, you know, and, that, and that's why it's almost surreal because all these years of preparation, all these years in Vegas, I always dreamed about living the life I'm doing. Like, hey, Justin, if we go another year, we, we'll be sitting on Easy Street. Hey, we'll be in the UFC. We'll be doing this. We'll be doing that. And year after year, heartbreak after heartbreak, loss after loss, injury after injury, fallback after fallback, setback after setback. It just it has been compiling over the last, you know, 10, 12 years. And finally, six weeks ago, it all made it worthwhile. And I'm, I, I couldn't be happier with the life I live right now. You know, I, I know who my true friends are, my true family, or, and my friends and supporters, man. And I, I, I wouldn't change my story for anything because those hardships that I faced that we had talked about financial, you know, now I have, I'm not rich, but I have, I'm comfortable. And I don't even know what to do with all my money. I just, I haven't spent any of it because I'm so used to living on this small bankroll that in the long run, I think it's going to pay off dividends because I'm just going to, one day I'm just going to stop fighting. I'm going to have a good lump sum of money to saved up that I can make passive income off. And, and that's what I plan to do with it. What's the deal with Gavin Tucker? Are we going to put this guy in a body bag or what? I'm telling you what, give me two rounds. Gavin is very, very tough. He was the number one prospect coming out of Canada he is so fast. He's an un, he's unorthodox. He's a southpaw. He's exciting. He's a great wrestler. He's a BJJ black belt. I'm a brown belt, so he's outranked me in BJJ. I believe that my wrestling credentials are are, are much more vast than his. Um, you know, and and he's an incredible, incredible striker. With that being said, I'm not too bad myself. So with this being said, I'm going to put pressure on him. And if he tries to make it a wrestling match, I'm going to be really disappointed in him because I'm I'm fighting for fifty grand. Um, but I think I'll be able to figure Gavin out. You know, he, he's not a predictable fighter. I think he's going to try to pot shot me and run and then try to wrestle. So that might take me a round or two to get my hands on him. But once I get my hands on him, he's going to sleep. I love that. Ooh. I love that. We're, we're firmly on the Jane's train here at the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Is, uh, it's getting dark here. I'm going to go outside. So I can oh, see. Yeah. And, uh, oh, fuck. It's, uh, it's, it's exciting, man, and this is why I love the fight game because him and I have such polar opposite styles that, you know, it, it, it can't help but be anything short of, you know, Dana White even said it. He goes, this has fight of the night written all over it. You know, Dana White came out and was talking about it. We're talking about a power brawler. I feel like like Mike Tyson, I'm a brawler, and I'm a powerful one at that. He's a – here, turn this down, Ben. Turn it down. He's a quick, speedy striker. And, you know, he's going to try to pot shot me. And, you know, I think, you know, he's going to try to get me to overcommit so he can take me down. And uh, uh, it's just not – I just don't think it's going to go the way he thinks it is. And once I land one or two punches, he's going to know he's in the wrong cage. <laughs> now, uh, the, let's, let's back it up a second because I, I want to talk about this fight with Frank Camacho. You absolutely obliterated him. What, what is it like when – this is – it's just a feeling that I will never experience, and so I have to ask you about it. Just, just teeing off on a guy who's a capable, very, very capable fighter himself and just – he can do nothing to stop the way you're beating him down. It, 
I tell you what, here's a, here's an interesting fact I just learned on another podcast earlier this week. Frank Camacho has been knocked out one time by a welterweight, and I knocked him out before, and it was in the second round or second or the third round. I believe. So to be the first lightweight to put him away too was was pretty awesome. You know, you know, the best way I could describe Frank knocking Frank Camacho out is this is the Detroit Red Wings, you know, podcast. Think of think of going into a shootout. You're the last skater, and you fucking make that goal and win your team the Stanley Cup. That's the only way I can describe it. You know, <laughs> when you were a kid playing sports, what sports did you play? Hockey, baseball, basketball. I was a slot slot corner for in ninth grade football, but we only had twenty three kids. That's the only reason I played. So look, look at basketball. Buzzer beater shot three points to win the state championship, or you catch that hail mary pass in the end zone to win the state championship or the Super Bowl. If you want, you know, if your dreams were, you know, I remember when I was a kid, you know, playing backyard football with, with, with my dad or my friends, you know, long pass. Oh, I'm in the end zone, touchdown, Super Bowl champion. You know, all, every kid dreams of that moment and maybe one or two ever get the chance. And I got the chance and I capitalized and dude, it was, like I said, it was like, you know, being the final skater on the ice in, the, in, in a shootout for the Stanley cup and, win the fucking Stanley cup, man. That's it's there's, there's no feeling that can compare to it. Every time we talk, I I'm immediately like, I gotta, I gotta get my life together. You just, you just amp me up so much. I don't know if it, you know, it's just the way you talk, but you, the positive energy. I absolutely love it. Hey, two months ago, if you were to talk to me, there wouldn't be very much positive energy behind this voice. You'd be the <laughs> fucking little bitch wondering why, why my life sucks feeling like I'm doing everything right. And that's probably the worst feeling is when you think or you feel you're doing everything right and everyone says you're doing everything right, but there's no outcome. It's like, you know, it'd be like going to work 60 hours a week or 40 hours a week for 10 years, not getting paid at all. and be like, why the fuck am I doing this? And then one day your boss surprises you with a check for a million dollars. You know what I mean? That's, that's the equivalent to how, you know, if that, if that's, I mean, that's an unrealistic scenario, obviously, but, nobody really works. <laughs> but I feel that's how I've, I've been working for free for 10 years. There's been times where when I went to Scotland to fight, I fought in Scotland in 2015. They're like, Oh, we'll pay you 1200 pounds, blah, blah, blah. I was like, all right, cool. That's like 900 American. Well, after I signed the contract, they're like, Oh, but we're not paying your travel. Well, they paid me 900 American dollars and my plane ticket was 1200. And it's like, what the fuck? Oh and then I get there to stay and I'm like, oh, we didn't say we were going to house you. So it ended up costing me like two grand. I lost $800 in the process. Two weeks after that fight, I get a contract to go fight in Hawaii. I go to Hawaii. I fight. They housed me and shit and flew me out there. They're like, hey, uh, your hotel was this much money. They handed me a $100 bill after I lost. And it was like, uh, this fucking sucks. So, I mean, basically the last 10 years, I have been working for free. And finally... I mean, that's the best way. I've been working for free for 10 years. My boss just surprised me with a million-dollar check, man. All right. Well, uh, Saturday night, tomorrow night, you can catch Justin. Uh, UFC Fight Night 174. Check it out on ESPN. What time are you going to get fighting uh, on the Eastern time zone? About what time? Eastern time, I believe the card starts at 6 p.m. Prelims start at 6, and I'm the third fight. Well, there we go. Be sure to check him out. Where can people find you on Twitter? Where can people find you on Instagram? Uh, Twitter, I'm at Justin Janes MMA. Facebook, Justin Janes. And then Instagram is J-A-Y-09-M-I. Perfect. Well, we'll be watching. You guys better check him out because this is a Justin Janes podcast now. Uh, we'll be rooting for you, man. We'll be watching. And uh, good luck on Saturday night. Yeah, I appreciate you guys. You have a good night, all right? Thanks, you too. You too.